0: So, um, all right, well, I, I love it. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Sarah, um, Pastor Brett, um, who is the lead pastor here, he is actually down visiting his family in Florida, so he sends his greetings, he sends his love, um, and he'll be back next week, so if you haven't met him, come back next week so that you can meet him, um, amazing man of God, so, um. It's what? Thanksgiving and what? Oh, they get it earlier? <laughs> Thanksgiving in the South. He'll probably be eating grits this morning <laughs> with cheese. <laughs> so, um, all right. So this word that I have for today, um, so crazy because Jen does not even know Um, what I was preaching about, but I was like, come on, girl, you're preaching my message. (laughs) She's so prophetic. She doesn't even know. Well, she does know, but (laughs) so actually this message is called um, The Crossing Over, and so (laughs) which is crazy because the Lord gave me this message right at the end of October, Um, and so really, like Jen was saying, we've just felt such a shift. Um, This this month in November, um, so I just think that it's crazy that I get to kind of close this out, um, not quite the end of the month, but close with this. um, So if I'm all over the place, forgive me. I've got a couple things I'm going to bounce back and forth to, but we'll get there. We'll get there, so just be patient with me. Um, So some of you guys know the story. Some of you don't. So I kind of felt to start off with a little bit of, of um, the history of our church. So some of you, this may be your first time here. Some of you may have been here for a long time. Um, but at the Encounter Church, um, we have been in this building now for almost a month. Is that right, Amy? Almost a month? A little over a month. Okay. Um, but we started out in a house. Um, we actually started out in Pastor Brett's house um, about, three, three some years ago, and um, the Lord just kind of called him to become a pastor. It wasn't what he was pursuing at that time. He thought he was going to travel, preach the gospel, more like an evangelist, and the Lord was like, um, no, you're going to start a church, and it's going to be in your home. So um, we actually started meeting there um, just for a Bible study, and then it turned into like a Sunday church thing. So um, we were there for about two years, and then we just started outgrowing it, and we didn't really fit. So then the Lord started speaking to us about getting a building. Um, and those of you who know, we used to be next door in the building right next to the post office. Um, so that kind of was like a journey. And the Lord was was speaking to me, I guess parabolically, um, that kind of that first move over there was the first crossover because we're going to talk today about there was two different crossing overs um, with the Israelites. The first one was Moses bringing the children um, out of um, out of Egypt into the wilderness. And the second one was Joshua actually taking them over into the promised land. And I felt like the Lord was showing me like symbolically that that moving into that building was like that first, you know, bringing the children of Egypt children of Israel out of Egypt, and then now we're in the second crossing over, and I just kind of want to talk about some of the differences and what, what the Lord is doing new in this season, um, and so those of you who don't know, we purchased the, we didn't purchase, sorry, we leased the building over there, and we actually spent a good couple of months, like, actually building it out, like, it was just an empty square block, and so we, uh, put up the walls, we, we put in, you know, kind of everything, we built the nursery, like, everything that's there, pretty much, we did, it was literally just, like, slate walls, um, (laughs) so, you know, a lot of people put in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and we had a great time, um, when we got in there, we did a couple, uh, couple different, like, prayer and fasting, where we just spent the night and stayed there, um, slept, we're just in the presence of the Lord for, for a long time, and then, um, seemingly out of nowhere, the Lord was like, okay, I have a new place for you, (laughs) because we weren't looking for another building, um, but the Lord, you know, highlighted this one, and gave us the opportunity, Um, but I feel like more than just in the physical, because like I said, we've hopped around to a couple different things, but I feel like in the spiritual, this is a new season, and it's a crossing over, Um, and so I wanted to, to start with, um, Looking at Moses. So, if you want to turn with me, we're going to go to Exodus 6. Sorry, wrong chapter. Exodus 3. Just go back three chapters. All right, so so Moses in the burning bush. So I'm not gonna go through all the backstory of Moses, but you know, he was born, all the babies in the land were just to be killed, two years old and younger, but his mom threw him in the Nile River. Or, you know, she peacefully put him in, sent him off. <laughs> Pharaoh's daughter finds him, draws him out, says, oh, drawing out, your name is Moses. How creative. Um, so, because Moses literally means drawing out. So, anyways. Um, so, you know, he was born, and raised in the palace, but he also, you know, had his mom who helped, you know, take care of him because they needed a, a, a midwife and all that stuff. So fast forward years later, after Moses grew up in the palace, but killed killed people, was found out. Now he's on the run. So he's in the desert, and I, and I love this story. It says, um, in chapter 1, it says, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. Then it says, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, he called him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses. So, you know, I'm not going to camp out there, but, but the important thing was it says that the Lord took notice that Moses turned and took notice. So we need to make sure we take notice of what the Lord is doing and saying. And Moses said, here I am. He said, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses heard this, covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I've certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of the harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering, so I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where all the ites lived. Um, look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have now and have seen harshly the Egyptians abuse against them now go for I'm sending you to Pharaoh you must lead my people Israel out of Egypt um and then it goes through the Lord Moses protests but but I can't but I can't I can't speak I can't do this I can't do that like I am surprised that the Lord did not smite Moses dead if you really re-read this he put so many excuses I would have been like okay brother I'm moving on next you know because he had every excuse in the book but for some reason the Lord still chose him and um and went after him. So, um, but I love this. <laughs> he says, um, <coughs> you know, he's calling him, and he's taking away his excuses, and and giving him signs and wonders that he can use. Um, <laughs> and I love what he says. He, um, you know, he even says, the elders are going to accept your message. They're going to listen to you, like when you go to talk to the, um, the Israelites. And he said, But I know, verse 19, I know the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last, he will let you go, and I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on you. They will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You'll dress your sons and daughters um, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. So this is how the Lord called Moses, and I feel like a lot of times this is what he does to us, because I find it interesting. He said, hey Moses, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use you as a deliverer, but don't worry. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna do signs and wonders and miracles in Egypt, and then, you know, Pharaoh's not gonna wanna let you go, but I'm gonna show my powerful hand. He's gonna let you out. You're coming out with favor and blessing, and Moses is probably Yes, this sounds amazing. We're going to see signs and wonders and miracles, and we're going to come out rich and blah, blah. But, like, if you read through, like, the Lord didn't tell him, but you have to survive all these plagues and you have to survive Pharaoh like telling you time and time again yeah but no yeah but no yeah but no and you have to overcome rejection that the people are going to hate you because Pharaoh is actually going to make life harder for the Israelites and he didn't tell him all this stuff that was going to happen he just told him the end result so the end result looked amazing like who wouldn't want to see signs and wonders and miracles and they come out with all the wealth of Egypt <laughs> you know um and I feel like sometimes that's like what, what happens with us. Like we get a word from the Lord and we get excited. We're like, yes, Lord, yes. And the first time something happens, we're like, oh, man, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that wasn't the Lord. Maybe, you know, because if it was the Lord, then why am I going through all this hardship and why this and why that and why that and why that? Well, it's because the Lord knew if you knew about all the hardship, you might go running. But, <laughs> but he has a purpose for you on the other end. Um, So I love that. And I was like, man, the Lord didn't really trick Moses, but he gave him what he needed to know to get, you know, his destiny rolling. So I found that super (laughs) interesting. Um, And that's kind of what happened when the Lord called Pastor Brett and said, you're going to start a church. It's going to be amazing. You're going to touch Youngstown. You're going to see signs and wonders and miracles. And he's like, yeah. But we didn't know that included, like, spending months of your life literally your blood, sweat, and tears building a building, and then a few months, a few years later come in and, you know, moving, and, you know, all these things, like, not to say that they're terrible things, but they were things that were hard to work through, you know, and I'm just touching on the small things, like, there are things that none of us will know that he's gone through, you know, so, um, but he he caught that promise and he ran with it. And I feel like as a church, like like not just Pastor Brett, but like as the elders of visitor were like, yeah, that's a great idea. I feel like those of us were like, yeah, that's awesome. Let's go take Youngstown, you know? Like we're with him. And so we're we're a part of that. Um but then um I actually uh want to okay. Yes. 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 Yes and amen. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, and I um Yes. <laughs> so I, I love that the Lord doesn't always give us all the details sometimes. <laughs> um so okay, so that first crossing over, you know, the Israelites went through it. They had to go through the plagues, they had to go through everything. But it's interesting because Halfway through the plagues, like at first, the first few, everything touched everybody. But then when it came to a certain point, it talks about how only like the flies or the gnats were in Egypt, but not in Israel. You know, only this happened in Egypt, but not in Israel. Only this happened in Egypt, but not in Israel. And it was the Lord was like, okay, I'm starting to make a distinction between who are my people and who aren't. And so they still, like, like Jim was saying, even though... They were, they were watching these things happen like they knew, like the Lord was on their side. He was working with them. It was, you know, him confirming, I have made a distinction, and it is me who called you, and it is me who's doing what I said I would do. Um, you know, and then they come up out of Egypt, and and here's one of the first things that that is different. Um, when when God called Moses and said, you know, he's going to take them out, what did he do? He came, and he just put out his staff and the water split. You know, the water split. Now fast forward, when it comes to Joshua, what does he say? He said, when the priests get their feet wet, then the water is going to stop. So like there's a distinction, because when they were going through the wilderness, um, there are a lot of things that are different, actually. Um, one of them being, they didn't have to worry about a lot. Like the Lord just showed up and just provided to them you know it says they they ate from the manna every single day you know when they got tired of that and they complained the Lord was like fine I'll give you some birds have some quail you know Um, so they had manna they had quail they had water like when they didn't have water the Lord would bring water from the rock like they didn't have to do much the cloud lifted they followed a cloud by day Then the fire came. They just followed the fire by night. Like, they literally were just kind of walking around blindly, just going wherever the Lord sent them, being provided for, you know, even though they were ungrateful most of the time. Um, So that word on thankfulness was just timely, you know. But the Lord took care of every single thing, and they didn't have to do much. But I think it's interesting because during that time, it talks about, you know, um, that the Lord had to kill everybody, All the fight, at least it says the fighting men, during that time in the wilderness because of their disobedience and their unbelief. Because they were the ones who, when they came out, were like, oh, our hearts are still in Egypt, God. Our hearts are still in Egypt. Why did you bring us out here? To kill us? You know, you're getting manna. You're getting quail. You're getting warmth from the fire. You're getting, you know, covering from the cloud. You're getting all your basic needs met without having to do a thing. But they're like, oh, but our hearts are in Egypt. And they have all the gold in Egypt with them. So what, what their problem was, I don't know. But sometimes when I'm complaining about stuff, the Lord's like, what's your problem? I don't know, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, we can point fingers at them, but we tend to do the same thing. Or at least I can speak for myself. Um. So, yeah, they had everything given to them. But also, like, there was a purpose for their wilderness. Because during that season, they were being pruned and um You know, the Lord was dealing with a lot of things. He was dealing with sin in the camp. He was dealing with disobedience. He was dealing with um, just so many things. So there was a purpose, you know, And, and he was also revealing good things, like revealing hearts, like who were the people who got to go over in the promised land? It was Joshua and it was Caleb, the two who were like, we believe the Lord. Like it wasn't just a season of complete destruction. It was the Lord like saying, hey, that's what I'm looking for I'm highlighting that and I'm raising that up so I feel like um, in a sense like that's what was happening when we were in that season like Jim was saying like things were just being taken care of the permits were falling into place you know things were happening boom things were exploding like at, at one point we were like is this revival you know yeah. what's that it was yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we weren't looking for it. We didn't know what the heck we were doing. We didn't know anything about permits. We didn't know anything about anything. We were just like, all right, Lord, you told us to go here, so we're going here. All right, here. Oh, man is here? Okay, we're going to the man. You know, it was just like a season of just following the Lord and boom, 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 things were just happening. And he took care of everything miraculously. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 I think she's one the show. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. For for those of you who don't know what he's talking about, we had to get like all these permits, like occupancy permits, use permits, like all kinds of things. Yeah, we were in the wilderness and the Lord was just showing us and like, here you go, have some more food, have some more, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's definitely a purpose for the wilderness as well. Like like Jen was saying, this past year has just been a season of of trying and testing and it's just like things were happening in our, in personal lives of people, you know, without going into detail, like people were being affected financially, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, just like in every area. It's like you would talk to somebody, how you doing? Oh, uh, I'm just, I'm just holding on. How you doing? Oh, I'm just holding on, you know, and it was just like a year where it just seemed like so many things together, and it was like that perfect storm, you know, but in that season, like the Lord was doing something, you know, He was pruning our hearts. He was making us draw closer to Him, making us hunkered down. He was making us like Caleb's and Joshua's, whose heart said, no, I'm going to believe the Lord no matter what. You guys can say that um, them people are giants. You can say, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? But we still believe we can take the land. And that's what the Lord was doing in us um, this year. So yeah, that's that's a huge... <coughs> difference. Um, And then just the fact of how how they got in. So I want to go over to Joshua, and I want to read a little bit about this next crossing over, because this is really where I feel like we have stepped into, and that we have started walking into in this month. All right, Joshua chapter 1. All right. <coughs> Joshua chapter one, verse one. It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses's assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am given them. I promise you what I promised Moses. So, The Lord's like, I'm promising you what I promised in the last season. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east, from the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I'll be with you as I was in the last season. I will not fail you or abandon you. And he says, like, I don't know how many times in this chapter, he says, Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Again, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them. turning to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in all you do. You know, and he gives him keys, nuggets. He says, study this book, you know, the word continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. For the third time, he says, be strong and courageous. For the fourth time, do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So why would he say four times, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous because there was a temptation to not be strong and courageous, you know. When I think about some of the things that the Lord has spoken to this church, when I think about some of the things that the Lord has spoken about the city of Youngstown, when I think about some of the greater things he wants to do in this area, you know, us, you know, being a small part of it, we recognize there are other churches and other places doing amazing things. But some of it's like, oh, my goodness, like, how, how is this going to happen, Lord? if not by your grace. You know, there's a temptation to be discouraged sometimes when we don't see what we're looking for. There's a, a, a temptation to be afraid. And there are some things like in the next year that I know where we're going, you know, just being privy to things on church leadership that I'm like, oh my, if you are not with us, Lord, like do not send us there, you know, because there's no possible way. But the Lord says over and over again, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, don't be afraid or discouraged, be strong and courageous, and I love this, it says, then Joshua commanded the officers of Israel, so then he like got the strength and unction that he needed, and he moved forward, and he told them, he said, go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready, and three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you, so Joshua is like telling them what the Lord is going to do he's like prophesying because until now they don't even know what the other side looks like Joshua and Caleb are the only ones who have been there so like I just want to tell you when you hear the word of the Lord when he's like look this is where we're going this is what we're doing like like grab a hold of it by faith like yeah that's what he said that's what we're doing. You know, today the Lord's prophesying about a new season and about things like that. Grab a hold on to it. Yep, I'm going to a new season. It might feel like I'm in the old season, but I'm going to a new season. You know, like you have permission to grab a hold of these promises and to run with them. Um, and I love that. You know, Joshua called all the tribes together. And he told them, remember what Moses commanded you. The Lord has given you a place of rest. And I love this. This is like the end goal, a place of rest. He has given you this land. Your wives, your children, you know, he gives them more and more instructions. um, And they said, whatever you tell us to do, we're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to obey you just like we obeyed Moses. um, And I'm not preaching blindly following man. Moses was the man that the Lord had for the job. So obey the Lord, you know, obey the Lord, obey the Lord. Um, (coughs) Although he does say, anyone who rebels against your orders and does not obey your words and everything you command will be put to death so be strong and courageous. <laughs> so it's like do what I'm calling you to do or else but be strong and courageous. So but he again he he said his end goal is to give you a place of rest. Um and then it goes through this whole thing, you know, with Rahab. We know that that she went they went out, they sent some more spies to check out the land again, and they stayed in in Rahab's place and Rahab was a prostitute. So Rahab was not someone that most people wanted to have dealings with. She was not someone, you know, first of all, she was a foreigner. But second of all, she was kind of like, at that time, like the scum of the earth, you know. But that's who they chose. And I love that that's the first people that the Lord talks about who gets to join the camp of the Israelites is those that others think are the scum of the earth. (laughs) Like, that's who the Lord wants, and that's who he wants to touch through this church. And we've said it before, like, Lord, send us those that no one else wants. We want them. We want them. We want them. And I love that that's what the Lord put in here. You know, He, they could have stayed with anybody. They could have snuck into the palace and a palace servant have them, whatever. But he chose Rahab, you know, a prostitute who was, who was nobody in that time, you know. And the Lord's like, that's who I want, you know. And, and because she helped them and because she was on their side, like, the Lord brought her in, and she's actually, like, turns out to be in the lineage of Jesus. (laughs) Like, what better story of redemption than that, you know? The Lord taking the scum of the earth and saying, the Savior of all the world is actually going to come through your lineage, but, you know, most people wouldn't look twice at her, but the Lord, you know, obviously saw her heart and saw what he could do through that situation. Um, But man, I love (laughs) that. So that's what we're looking for in this season, you know, not not the most polished, but we're looking for just whoever has that heart to go after the Lord. So they they send out the spies and then they decide, you know, hey, we're going we're going to do this. So in chapter three, it says um, early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing um, <coughs> Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving instructions to the people. When you see the Levites carrying the ark of the Lord, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. (laughs) And I stand here and say, we are traveling a way that we have never been before, and we need the Lord to guide us. Um, Says he gives them instructions, you know, stay about a half mile behind. uh, Don't come any closer to the ark than that. He says, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. And so, you know, the ark went out, they followed them, um, and then the, the Lord confirms his promise to Joshua, like, I'm going to begin to, today, make you a great leaders, leader in the eyes of the Israelites. Um, and that was so that they would continue to follow him, you know, and trust what, what uh, as he was leading them. So, uh <coughs> So Joshua leads them, and I love this. It says, um, to verse 9, so Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Parasites, Girgashites, Amorites, Jebusites, um, Ahead of you. look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. So the Ark of the Covenant is the presence. So the presence of God is getting ready to lead you across the river. And he said, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel um, that will carry the priests will carry the ark as soon as their feet touch the water, the water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan. And the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead. It says it was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. So not only was it impossible to part the water, but then the Lord was like, here's a double measure. I'm going to make sure that it's extra, extra wide so that you know it was me and not just some weird phenomenon or whatever, like it was me. It says, as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, The water above that point began to back up a great distance away at a town called Adam. It says, and the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. So completely dry, completely dry, and it was actually different. He didn't just part it. He, like, cut it off, whereas in the Red Sea it was like a parting. So he did it differently again. Like, the Lord's in the business of of doing things differently and doing things personally. Okay, so then it says, (coughs) Then all the people crossed over, and w- the priests who were carrying the ark stood on the dry ground in the middle as everyone passed, and they waited there until the whole nation had crossed the river. Um, and I love this, because what the children of Israel actually did, um, what they were instructed to do, they took 12 rocks from the river. Well, first they built a monument in the river. Then they took 12 rocks on the other side, so that when their kids saw that in the future, they'd be like, hey, what's that? And they're like, well, actually, let me tell you this crazy story. So it's like I feel like the Lord is even doing that which I think is part of the reason why today I wanted to just share the story because even if you've only been here two weeks or you've been here like three years like it's important to know the history of where the Lord has taken us from and where we're going because you are a key part of that no matter what point you came in whether you were you know one of the little kids who were born in the wilderness and are now ready to fight whether you were Joshua and Caleb who were there in the middle of it or whether you were Rahab and her descendants who jumped in at the very end tale like you are part of this story and it's important to like raise memorial stones to remember what the Lord did so like I even want to just encourage you like if you need to journal if you need to do something like whatever you need to do so that in other seasons you can look back and be like man look how faithful God was there like I didn't think he was gonna get me through that one but man Look what he did. You know, that's, that's important to build memorial stones. Um, so they did that, you know, so that they would remember what the Lord did. Um, and it says, as soon as the priests carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant came up out of the riverbed and their feet were on high ground, high ground, high ground, the water of the Jordan returned and overflowed its banks as before. So they walked through came out, and it says, you know, they came up onto high ground, um, you know, and the people passed through, and it said, he did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful, and so you might fear the Lord your God forever, so he didn't do this to exalt Joshua, he didn't do this to exalt Caleb or whatever, he did it to exalt his name and so that people might fear the Lord forever. Um, and I love, you know, then it says that they reestablish the covenant with the Lord. You know, they they circumcise everybody because that's where the Lord said that, um, you know, they had traveled in the wilderness for 40 years until all the men who were old enough to fight in battle. When they left Egypt had died, for they had disobeyed the Lord and the Lord vowed he would not let them enter the land he had sworn to give us a land flowing with milk and honey. So Joshua circumcises everybody and. Um, and then they get ready. And I love this. In, in chapter 5, verse 13, and here's, here's another significant difference. It says, it's an encounter that Joshua had with the Lord. And it says, when Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with sword in hand. He went up to him and demanded, are you a friend or foe? He said, neither one. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. And it says that this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. And I love this because Joshua had an encounter with with the Lord. And the last time that we saw this was when they had an encounter with Moses. So Joshua is the next generation. Joshua could not live off of Moses's encounter. He had to have his own encounter with the Lord. And when Joshua was in the wilderness, he was led by the pillar of fire and by the cloud by night. But now the Lord says in this new season, you're going to live according to encounter with me. You're going to live according to relationship with me. And I think that's so important because in this next season, I feel like the Lord is just calling us deeper which is just confirmation from what Jen was saying like deeper like intimacy like never before like seeking his face like what is the Lord telling you what is the Lord telling this house like we're following him through encounter and where his voice would lead And then in chapter 6, and and I'm going to leave this story here, it goes on much more, but the fall of Jericho, it says, this was the first big battle, you know, this is what they've been preparing for, and been hearing about for 40 years, what the Lord was going to do. And it says, you know, the gates of Jericho were tightly shut, and I love this, it says, because the people were afraid of the Israelites. So they'd never even seen these people in their lives, but they were afraid, (coughs) and the Lord said to Joshua I've given you Jericho it's king it's strong warriors and then he gave him the instructions you know to march around the city once a day for six days um, and then on the last day you're going to do it seven times when you hear the priests give one long blast on the lambs on the ram's horn have all the people shout as loud as they can then the walls of the town will collapse the people can charge straight into the town. <laughs> I'm sorry? No. B flat? <laughs> Jim says it was a B flat. <laughs> that was what. what <laughs> I got it. <laughs> a little late, but I got there. Okay. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Actually, an interesting tidbit of information which historians are like baffled by because that's what you would think you know the walls crumble and they're going to fall down but when they found like the city of Jericho they actually noticed that the walls instead of like going out to the sides they literally just went like straight down into the ground (laughs) like they were driven down like the Lord made it literally as easy as possible for the Israelites to, to get through. So even the way that it was done was supernatural. It wasn't like, you know, like the Twin Towers, some rumbling and everything falls. Like it literally just went whoosh, straight down into the ground. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I love this because that's what the Lord did. And I feel like, you know, he sent them around. And they were like, yes, we're ready for battle. Ah, you know, I've been trained for this. I've been chopping down trees in the desert. I've been doing whatever, like whatever they did to get ready. I don't know. That's that's what I'm just imagining. But then the Lord's like, actually, you're going to walk, go to bed. You're going to walk, go to bed. You're going to walk, go to bed. And then you're going to walk, 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 and then shout. <laughs> and I love that because today we started the service talking about worship and praise and i just feel like like i don't know like in this past season there have just been times and miss bonnie can attest this i'm like miss bonnie it's time for a praise party miss bonnie it's time for a praise party like there were times that like i couldn't even pray because it was just so heavy and i would just like get in my house and like jesus hallelujah and like just have to worship and cry. come on, let's just do that, everybody, let's just praise, like, the victory depends on it, because that's what the Lord says, hallelujah, Jesus, you are worthy, Lord, you are worthy, Lord, Jesus, we love you, God, we love you, we love you, man, and that just shifts the atmosphere, like, you can't be in a bad mood when you're walking around your house, clapping your hands and worshiping and praising the Lord. you mu- Your neighbors might think you're crazy, but at this point, I don't really care. I'm kind of entertainment for my neighbors anyway, so whatever they think, you know, whether it's worshiping or trying to do my lawn, they just think I'm hilarious. <laughs> so, like, sometimes you just have to praise. Like, when there's nothing left to do, just praise the Lord. Like, who cares the world might be crumbling or you might be up against like the scariest thing in your life cuz those people had never seen they had never seen battle they didn't know what it was like to have somebody who did not like them coming up against them they didn't know that the people were deathly scared of them they didn't know they didn't ha- it says that they were facing something that they had never faced before but what did they do they just worshiped and praised and screamed with all their hearts and bam the walls fell like even in a supernatural way, <laughs> like, so just want to encourage you, like, if you can't do anything else, just worship, amen, that's right, you know, he got, he got his clap on, hallelujah, <laughs> I love it, and it says, you know, that the walls fell, and then that was the beginning of their journey, so, so I just say that's the beginning of our journey, like, let's just praise our way through this thing, and like, yeah, it keeps going, keeps going, keeps going, but this is something, this is something that I want to hit real quick, because it talks about it in Exodus, and it talks about it in Deuteronomy. Um, and I feel this is key, because um, those of us who have, who have been here for any length of time, like the Lord has spoken so many promises over, over this region, and, and over this church, and over this city. Um, and, uh, but he says in, um, in Exodus... He says it in Exodus 23, 29 through 30, and in Deuteronomy 7, 21 through 22. So I'm going to hop over to Deuteronomy because it's a little bit closer. (coughs) (coughs) Actually, I'm going to come back to this in just a second. Um, But yeah, so talking about just the differences from the desert till now, and this is what Oh, this hit me real hard (laughs) when the Lord shared this. You know, the Israelites were in the desert and they were wandering around. They were following the Lord. They were getting provision from heaven. They were getting all of these things. You know, they didn't have to do much. But they were wandering around in somebody else's land. (laughs) Like, what was the point? Like, there was a point. The Lord was doing things. But the Lord showed me, like, now, in that second crossing over, like, yeah, they had to work a little bit harder. This time, they had to get their feet wet before the sea would would open up. You know, this time, they actually had to come be prepared for battle. You know, in the last time, the, the Egyptians came and said, here, here, have my money, have my money, get out of my country. But this time, they actually had to go take the land, and it says in Jericho, You go take the treasury and bring it back to the Lord. So they had to work, and I'm not preaching works. I'm saying that they had to get their feet wet. They had to do their part in this season like they never had to do before. But they weren't wandering around in someone else's desert. They were getting an eternal inheritance. So, like, we might have to work a little bit harder this time around, but we are receiving and working for an eternal inheritance. And I love that because this time we actually own this (laughs) building. We own land in the city of Youngstown. And when you own land, you can have influence. Not that we couldn't do it over there, but we actually have more influence and have gained more authority in the city by owning the property. Um, And I love that. Like, we are working for an eternal inheritance instead of just wandering around in the desert. Um, And there has been a shift, like Jen said, like, just in this last month, I feel even just a shift in how I hear the Lord, like he's just been speaking to me in different ways. And it took me a minute at first, like, is that you, Lord? And then he just like kept confirming it, you know, and I'm like, OK, OK, that's you. And it's just it's crazy how the Lord's been doing that. Um, And I was reading about Caleb, man. <laughs> I want to be like Caleb. He came back afterwards. He was like, hey, yo, Moses, when I was 40, I spot out the land. And I said, that's the spot I want. And you said, okay, you can have it. So Joshua, I'm 80, and I'm just as strong as I was when I'm 40, and I'm ready to have that land. Just give me the word. And Joshua said, take it. And so he went, and he took the land, and, you know, he he, went, he took that mountain. I think it was a mountain, that part of it. what he took. But he was 80 years old, and he was like, I'm tired of hearing the stories of what the Lord did. He was like, I'm going after what the Lord's doing now. And I feel like that's so important because, you know, there were always memorials to talk about what the Lord did, what the Lord did, what the Lord did. But we can't focus on what he did. We got to focus on, like, what he's doing and what we're moving to. Um, And I just want to close with this. Today I was, I was actually, this morning, I uh, was just going to put on um, some music from, from, uh, we had a time of worship and prayer at my house. It was actually in January of 2020, and I was just looking for a song. I didn't find that song, but I, I opened it up to where the Lord was prophesying over this city, and I was like, come on, Jesus. Like, he just fired me up, and so I just want to share with you guys some of these words that were spoken, and some of them have come to pass, and some of them are waiting for, um, but I just want to invite you guys into this, kind of like Joshua said. This is what the Lord's going to do. Like, grab hold of this by faith, and I love this. The Lord said, You know, over two years ago, he said, if I can birth a nation in a day, what's a city? (laughs) I'll say it again. If I can birth a nation in a day, what's a city? He said, the army of heaven is on the move. Don't you know that I'm backing you? (laughs) Like, just like with Joshua, the commander of the Lord's armies was like, I'm neither for you nor against me, but if you listen here's what I'm going to do for you, you know? Like, that's where we want to be. We want to be listening. We want him to be for us. And then he said, I'm gathering in the prodigals. And he said, I'm, I'm creating a whitewashed city, all the uglies being washed away. Um, and then he talked about raising up a lighthouse that would keep people from being shipwrecked and that when the light would hit, like the cockroaches and all the ugly, everything would just dissipate. At the light and it was crazy because four or five people were like, oh my gosh, I just saw a lighthouse like in my mind's eye too and it was like everybody was seeing lighthouses and so the Lord was just talking about being a light and I believe that's an invitation like if we would take it that we can become that lighthouse that that people like the Rahabs like that you know that light when it hits the light of Jesus Christ it can keep them from having their lives being shipwrecked and then um you know, the Lord talked about making this city his city, and thi- this this one to me, I heard this, <laughs> and I had to laugh. He said, I'm calling people in to, to Youngstown, to Ohio in this season. The ones that are coming are the ones that he has called, and I was like, that's crazy because this was in January of 2020, so y'all saw our amazing worship team up there today. Let's give them a hand. Thank you, guys, for everything, for everything. So, at this prayer meeting, first of all, that was the first time that Chris had ever played the drums or whatever at this church. I know he'd played before. But at that time, we were praying for people to come into this city. Caleb Decker was over there in Pennsylvania. Amy Yoder was over there in Michigan. Neither one of them had even been to this church yet, you know. And the Lord was like, I'm getting ready to call the ones that I have called for this season. And within a year, both of them showed up. Like, come on, Jesus. Like, he is faithful to his word. So I just wanted to show that. And then he said, I'm going to turn over the property into the hands of the righteous. And so we just prayed for that. And, like, look, like, we own land. We own property in this city. (laughs) At that point, we were still in Brett's house, Pastor Brett's house. We didn't even know. And now we own another place in this city. And then the last thing that he talked about was praying for people with a compassion for the city um and I think that goes back to to Rahab because he could have chosen anybody but he chose Rahab and then and then built her into the lineage of Jesus so I love that <coughs> and then um now Deuteronomy you guys thought I forgot um Deuteronomy 7 verse 20 through 21 uh when God was talking to them about, um, you know, taking over the land. He says, don't be afraid of these nations, for the Lord your God is among you, and he is a great and awesome God. The Lord will drive out those nations ahead of you little by little. You will not clear them away all at once, otherwise the wild animals would multiply too quickly for you. But the Lord your God will hand them over to you. Um, And then he just keeps going through the promises. Um, And I like, you know, Exodus adds a little something different. It says in Exodus 23, 29 and 30, he's talking about, you know, I'll I'll send my terror ahead of you and create panic among all the peoples whose land you will invade. I'll make all your enemies turn and run. I will send terror ahead of you to drive out the Hivites, Canaanites, Hittites, but I will not drive them out in a single year. Because the land would become desolate and the wild animals would multiply and threaten you. He said, I will drive them out a little at a time until your population has increased enough to take possession of the land. Um, and so I love this because I feel like this is where we're at. Like we have so many promises and so many things the Lord has said. But he's also said, like, I'm not going to do it all at once because that would be too much for you to handle. I'm not going to do it all at once or you'd be overwhelmed. <laughs> So I just really want to impress on you guys today. Like, we need every single one of you. <laughs> like, you're here for a purpose. Like, Ms. Bonnie, Ms. Beth, you guys get ready, because we're going to need mamas for all these people who are coming off the streets who have never had a mom. I mean, get ready. You know, Jim, there's going to be people who have come off the street who have never had a dad. You know, and they need someone to really be there and to to show them what it is to be a man who loves the Lord. You know, every single one of us are going to be needed. So, like, no one's excluded. (laughs) You know, the priests had to get their feet wet. They had to do their part or else the water wasn't going to part. And so I feel like in this next season that the Lord has brought us into, like, it's like we need all hands on deck. And I don't say this in manipulation or anything. I say it because we need you. <laughs> and the Lord has brought you here for a purpose. And we cannot fulfill our purpose without you, you know. Jen was just saying, you know, we need people to sign up to work with the kids. Like, we need people who are going to love these kids and, like, show them what it looks like to be a person who follows Jesus. You know, even even cleaning, you know, we're looking for volunteers with cleaning like I have seen you know Rita you're just your dedication and just always working and I just feel like like the Lord just I just pray the Lord blesses you just for all that you've put out you know but like that might be something that all of us don't see but the Lord sees it you know he sees it he sees your faithfulness and you don't do it for any other reason but for him you know and we need people to step into all of these different things you know Pastor Brett talked about you know eventually we need more greeters we need You know, more ushers. Like, there's so many places for you to get plugged in. And we're not saying this because we need to build programs and this and that. Like, if you've been here for any length of time, like, we don't care about programs. We don't care about any of that. (laughs) But the Lord's not going to complete everything until we're ready for it, you know? And we have to be part, we have to get some things in order so that the Lord can bring more people in. Because if He brings in 10 babies all at the same time, and there's no one in the nursery, then how are we going to, you know, provide that ministry so the moms can sit in here? You know, like everyone has a part, and we need you. <laughs> we need you, whether, whether, you know, like I believe Bryce, you're going to be up here giving testimonies and just sharing the Lord, and people are just going to get touched. We need you, Bryce, you know. We need you. We need every single person here. Tommy, we need you. <laughs> we need you, brother. It's so good to see you today. <laughs> You know, we need every single one of you. And so I just really want to um, end today a little bit different. <laughs> um, if you would say that, like, you know, this is where you're called to, or, you know, the city of Youngstown. Um, if this is where you feel like, you know, the Lord has asked you to come in and, and align yourself with, I just want you to um, just raise your hand. <laughs> I'm not going to have everybody come up here because it would be a lot. But, God, I just pray for every single person whose hand is raised right now. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that, that you would just give them a heart of compassion. As you were saying, God, just make us a people – Of compassion, God, who will want the people that you want, God, who will want to do the works that you want. God, I pray that you would put on our hearts, Lord Jesus, God, a burden for this city, God, that we couldn't just shake, God, that when other people talk about the bad things of Youngstown or whatever, God, that it would just well up in our heart, God, the love of this city, God, and that we would be willing to contend for it, God, whether through prayer, through actions, through however you would lead us, Lord Jesus that you would just put on our hearts, God, a burden that cannot be lifted, God, until we see the fullness of what you want to do in this city, God, the fullness of what you want to do in this house complete, Lord God. I pray that our hearts would just burn with compassion, Lord God, and with passion for the things on your heart and for the people on your heart, God. And I pray, God, that you just begin Lord God, to call people, show them, maybe they want to serve, maybe they want to help, but they don't even know, God, what can I do? Where do I fit in, Lord? I pray that you would just show them, God, in these coming days, God, where they fit in, where they can sign up to help, God, where their passion is, God, who they can love, God, who they can pour their lives out for, Lord Jesus. But I pray, God, that you would Just make us like the people of Israel, Lord God, that say, yes, we're going to go after you no matter what that looks like. We're going to take the land. We are going to do whatever it takes, Lord. And God, I just thank you because we will see with our own eyes, God, God, the reward, the souls that you have for this place, God, the lives that that you have to touch, God, the lives that you want to change, Lord. God, and rest in your presence. As you said, you will bring us to a place of rest, God. God, we just say yes and amen, Lord God, and I just pray that you just stir it up, God, stir it up, God, that it would just be like something that we can't shake, God. We just have to see this city, Lord, and I and I just pray, God, that if there are others who are not here, God, who need to be here, God, other Caleb's, other Amy's, God, that, that don't even know about this house yet, God, that you would call them in, God, and that they would have a passion For this city, God, then I pray that you do it, Lord. God, draw people in, Lord, who will be a part of changing Youngstown for Jesus. God, would you make this city your city, Jesus? We just thank you, God, and we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on Encounter Podcast. We pray it has been a blessing to you. We would be honored if you would prayerfully consider supporting this ministry by becoming a monthly partner or sowing a one-time offering helping us bring the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord to the lost and the continued training and equipping of His bride, the church. For more information on how to become a partner or make a donation, please go to Encounter1078.com and click on the donate button. Thank you, and may the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus be upon you.